The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. We're here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. My guest today is Scott Channel, and he is a really a leading person in understanding how we can sell more effectively using a variety of platforms. Scott Channel smiled and dialed his way to personally setting more than 2,000 C-level sales appointments in diverse industries. He helps sales teams to connect with future buyers consistently so that new sales keep coming. Scott is a popular speaker and trainer and is the author of two books on lead generation and sales prospecting. They are called Seven Steps to Sales Scripts for B2B Appointment Setting and and Setting Sales Appointments. His direct, this is what you do approach, resonates with sales teams that need to improve prospecting productively. And you can read more about Scott and learn more about Scott on his website at scottchannel.com. And that's C-H-A-N-N-E-L-L.com. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for that kind introduction. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great, and you've done so much. You've been doing this 20 years. What's, uh, what's changed? Uh, boy, you know, it, it just seems very common today when we talk about sales that people immediately say, well, everything's changed. Everything's different than the way it used to be. But having uh, done high-level selling for more than 20 years, I'm convinced that the more things change, the core of what uh, gets results stays the same, uh, even though the technology may change around it. Uh, but there are a couple of things that have actually changed that we have to keep in mind. One is that people have access to more information, Patricia. So in the old days when I started pre-Internet, um, people had to meet with salespeople to get basic information they needed for their initiatives, and now that's all a keystroke away. And the consequence of that is rather than meeting someone who's at the beginning of their thinking or a decision-making process, many times now if you have something to sell, you're interacting with somebody who's already done 40, 50, or 60% of the work. So you're kind of coming in midstream. So those, those are the two changes that, that, I, that I see of most consequence. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying. I mean, if I, I was thinking of that today. You know, all I have to do is grab my little iPhone, and that's all I need. I can get any piece of information I want. Boom, and it's, boom. it's I know, whereas before you had to find the book, you had to go to the library, you had to go through your papers. No, it, it's, it's an amazing thing, really. Or you had to meet with a salesperson. So, and, and so the consequence of that for salespeople are 
that if you are communicating with people and you're in generalities, if you're dealing with the basics, uh, if you're warming things up uh, and not getting to the point, then you're immediately being dismissed because if people perceive you to be not among the best, they know that they can pick their own advisors, their own consultants, their own vendors, just by, like you say, jumping on their phone, hitting a few keystrokes, and they'll find people that they choose to speak to rather than talk to you. So what you're saying is that when you're online, you have more of a direct influence. Well, whenever you communicate with people, you have to have more impact is the word I like, you, you know, right. direct influence, or you have to have more impact with people. And although the core of selling, I believe, stays the same in terms of uh, audience and what you do and credibility and benefits, that stays the same. But my personal opinion is, is you have less wiggle room today. Because mm-hmm. where in the early days, people kind of had to hang in with you a little bit. They're willing to give you some slack. Uh, you don't get that slack today. So you've got to be, it's not so much different in the sense that you're doing things totally different, Patricia, but I believe that you have to be sharper and there's less wiggle room <laughs> in order for you, yeah. it, where you yeah. can still be successful. You really, yeah, really get to be a tough game. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of um, when you want to write a book and you have to send the query letter or you have to send the proposal. You know, there is yeah. not room for mistake there. You send a query letter that's not great, you're out of the game. That's your one shot. And, yeah, and exactly. just like your initial cold call, you either, you know, get that meeting or get that phone appointment or you, you, you sell that next step or you don't, you're out of the game. Yeah, yeah which is too bad in some ways, Scott. Well, it, it is, and it's too bad in the sense that many, there are many people who have great offerings, Patricia, and who provide great service, who because of their initial interactions with people never get the shot to present them, mm-hmm. simply because they don't get to the point or they don't structure their interactions uh, correctly so that people will go, oh, exactly. I want to listen a little bit more to this person, either on the yeah. phone or, or in exactly. person. It was interesting. I was watching, um, I think it was 60 Minutes, and they were interviewing Bradley Cooper. And one of the comments he made that struck me is he said, look, he said, you've got to be good. He said, but I had doors open for me, and you've got to have the doors open. He said, now, once you you get the attention, more doors will open because numbers count. So what he's saying is you've got to stay in the game. You've got to be good. And once the door opens, that will lead you to more doors. But, you, but it, you know, you've got to be good first. And then you've got to have somebody who opens the door. You have to have the chops. And sometimes that door will be open for you in the sense that maybe you've got a trade show lead or you get a referral or right. you're uh, reselling or cross-selling a client. But I'll tell you, Patricia, many times today, particularly if you're a startup or if you're an emerging business and you don't have that background, you know, you're not looking for doors to be opened. You're looking to knock down the doors. And that means going directly at people and communicating a message, which makes them uh, shut out all the other distractions <laughs> and say, yeah. whoa, maybe well, I should pay attention to this person. That brings up cold calling because... Um, oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, and that's something that I'll tell you, I just don't do it. I, I, it doesn't work for me. 
Um, I'm particularly in the kind of work I do because it's highly specialized and people really have to understand the concept. Sure. But um, I know that a lot of people do it and it works. Um, please comment. Well, first of all, you know, I, I wish I had a nickel every time someone said, there isn't cold calling debt. Uh, and it's, it's really, I think, a ridiculous thing for people to say. You know, um, you know, cold calling is a marketing tool, Patricia, like any others. You know, you, not everybody uses email marketing or places ads in magazines or newspapers or does pay-per-click or does uh, direct mail. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're dead or they don't work. Um, and people should also not confuse the fact that they don't want to do it in that it's boring and repetitive and grueling and has a ton of rejection with whether or not it could be a viable alternative to them. So believe me, I teach this stuff. And in your kind intro, you mentioned that I set 2,000 appointments um, working the phones myself. And I don't love to do it. I teach it. But I got to tell you, even to this day, I have to take a deep breath before I get on the phone. But that's got nothing to do with whether or not it's a viable option. You know, if it's a, if it's a tool for you, you should choose it if it's a viable tool. And if you choose to use it, you should do it right. And a lot of people uh, use it in the wrong places, like they do, you know, they might mail to the wrong groups or they might, you know, tons of people waste marketing money and people waste uh, cold calling money. And if you if you choose the you choose the right tool, and if you choose it, do it the right way, and then it will work for you. And there are certainly many industries. You know, it's interesting, Patricia. On there's sort of two ends of the spectrum. Uh, companies that have healthier uh, lead generation systems, so they might have more established marketing systems where leads are coming to them through other ways, or they're a bit warmer those people tend to use direct calling or cold calling, if you want to say it, only on, uh, say, say, strategic accounts or uh, for new markets they want to open up or at times when their marketing isn't cutting it and they need to be direct. Whereas if you are in a startup situation or if you need growth that's faster than your uh, established marketing lead systems, then you're going to be tend to be more dependent on going right at the customers. And there is uh, a method to the madness, so to speak, how to do it. So people use it in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you have to find your way. For me, what has been most effective is networking. But I'm a social person. I, it, I thrive on that. But not everybody does. I know people that just, it, it's painful to have to it network. It is painful. I, I teach it. It's painful for me. Um, but doesn't change the fact. And, and you know, for your networking, I don't care whether it's networking, direct mail, you should judge every marketing tool that you use on its own merit. So if you're able, uh, Patricia, to generate the leads that you need that convert using networking, it's cool in the game. But if uh, that wasn't enough for you, then you have to entertain other methods. Calling may or may not be one of them. But I would just say to people, don't, uh, eliminate it from uh, due consideration. If it's not for you, don't do it. And uh, But if you do do it, do it right. Absolutely. All right, we've got four minutes. Uh, we've got a couple minutes to the break. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit. Well, you already talked about this. I mean, do, does it work the same for everyone? And you're saying no. You know, you have to find what you're good with. Some people are good 
networking. Some people are good with cold calling. Well, some people are good with writing. Yeah, and then in in the calling world, the people who tend to—I mean, I all I do is deal with industries who use uh, direct calling as an integral part of their lead development. And where it tends to be successful is if you have a higher ticket item, longer sales process where there are higher margins involved, those are where you tend to see success. If you were dealing with so consulting, IT, um, manufacturing industries, larger ticket, longer term uh, transactions is where I see most of the work, uh, consulting uh, of all types is, is great for this. But on the other end of the spectrum, where is it probably not going to work? Well, if you're dealing with lower ticket items with smaller margins and they're more commodity-like, Patricia, then, you, you, then you're sort of in the what I call activity mode thing, and that is not a very productive place to use it. So um, there's a place where there's a higher probability you can be successful but if you're lower price, lower margin stuff, you're probably not going to be successful. And then obviously if you're in that middle, you have to have enough experience to make judgments about whether it's viable. And if you do try it, um, how do you set it up to give you the most chance for success? All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we can take your call at 866-472-5788 right here on voiceamerica.com. My guest is Scott Channel. And Scott is the author of the book, Setting Sales Appointments and Seven Steps to Sales Scripts for B2B Appointment Setting. And he has numerous audio guides on marketing and sales topics. And you can log on to scottchannel.com, C-H-A-N-N-E-L-L.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with Scott right after the break, right here on voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is one 866 472 5788. 
You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positively. I'm Patricia Raskin, and my guest is Scott Channel, and he's the author of Setting Sales Appointments and Seven Steps to Sales Scripts for B2B Appointment Setting and numerous audio guides on marketing and sales topics. He personally set more than 2,000 C-level sales appointments in diverse industries and helps sales teams to connect with future buyers consistently so that they can keep their sales coming. And again, his website is scottchannel.com, C-H-A-N-N-E-L-L.com. Welcome back, Scott. Thank you, Patricia. All right. So let's talk about leads. Now, you know, there are leads and there are leads. There are leads that that, that go nowhere, right? And there are leads that go somewhere. Right. How do you how do you determine that? Well, that you know, that is one of the keys. And actually, although I find it's one of the areas where people uh, make one of the biggest mistakes, it's actually one of the easy, the areas in which it's uh, easiest to make sure you're doing the right thing. So, uh, for example, uh, many times people who will buy and who will buy in uh, a, a decent amount. Um, fit a certain criteria. So in my world, uh, we do an, anal- do an analysis. It only takes a few hours where you um, look up pe- previous buyers. You know, there's an old marketing rule that makes a lot of sense, I think, Patricia. People who uh, are going to buy from you tend to look like the people who have already bought from you. So if you are selling B2B, you can look up and get a profile of the companies that are your good purchasers that you'd like to clone. So if we're looking to clone our great clients, then we need to have a a fairly clear definition of the pool from which our great clients come from in terms of their SIC codes and revenue ranges or employee size. And then when you do that, uh, and I do this exercise, it takes about two hours. You take 30, 40, or 50 clients that you'd like to clone, Mm -hmm. look them up on... Uh, publicly available databases, and then just sort of make a little simple chart of their SIC code classifications, revenue ranges, and employee size, and you you notice clumps very simply. You say, whoa, it seems like a lot of our best clients tend to come from these groupings. So uh, that being the dominant grouping, that's where it's most likely to spend your time. And, you know, where people mess it up a lot, I see, Patricia, is they say, um, oh, well, but, you know, we get some great clients from these smaller groupings. We don't want to leave them out. That's never the issue. The issue is you have limited time, Time. and you always want to allocate that time where it's going to do you the most good. You know, it makes no sense to roll in the mud trying to find one nugget of gold when you've got a pile of gold sitting over there that you could dive into. And a lot of people decide to roll around in the muck, and then they wonder why they get all dirty. Exactly. All right, what are some of the most important key practices that we can follow? Well, the one I just mentioned is, is about 50% of it. You know, I have a saying that says if you're talking with the right targets, you can mess up a lot of things, all right, and you can still be successful. But if you're uh, interacting with the wrong pool, then no matter what else you do right, you are not going to be successful when it, when it comes to sales. So that, that first one, making sure that you allocate your time to the highest probability group is key. 
The second one is when you approach them, and I think this just makes sense, is you need a plan for interactivity, meaning that from the first time you communicate with them to the last, there is a method to the madness. You know, how many times do you call? When do you leave a voicemail? How do you interact with gatekeepers? How do you get information that's going to help you sort who's worth your continued effort and who you should just pull the plug on right now. So I have a system I call the three cycles of three. Essentially, you make three dials in three different um, cycles and then move on. Bring people in, uh, call them in an organized, systematic manner, leave them on, let them go. And then the third part is obviously have something to say. Uh, The number one reason why people don't, you don't get a lead from someone, you don't get in the door, is that you don't give them enough reason to spend time with you. So when you speak to somebody on the phone, uh, it's not about being, you know, the the next-door neighbor friend. It's about immediately communicating that you're a credible player that has benefits that that person wants to hear about. And don't confuse being direct, Patricia, with being rude uh, or annoying in some way. You know, for some reason, everyone says, oh, get to the point, nobody has time. But then when they choose to interact with someone, they put all this fluff in there because they say, oh, I don't want to be too salesy, which makes no mm-hmm. sense to me. So you got to get to the point, and, you know, people will agree with that conceptually, but when you actually start crafting what you say, people have a lot of hesitation about, committing to getting to the point and actually yeah. saying it. You know. you know, it was interesting. I was listening to um, a couple of commercials on the station, another radio station that I work with, and I was listening, and they were 60-second commercials, and I thought, wow, are those good? And then I analyzed it in my mind, why were yeah. they good? Yeah. And the reason they were good is that what they were doing is they were saying, you know, here's what you need, Mr. Listener. We know here's what you've been through that I've been through. And it was here at zero, and I brought it up to 100, and I can help you do that. So you tell the listener, you know, why they're listening, what their problem is, how you've been through it, how you can help them. And it was compelling. You know what? That is a great, great idea, and never thought of it that way. But to listen to commercials and notice which ones are the better ones. Yeah, that just, and, that just happened and, by accident. But yes. And why they're better. And you learn lessons from that. And then you can structure your own communication around those lessons. I think that's a that's a, a great great thing for people to do. Yeah, and to to let people know that you've been through it, so you're there. I think that's important. I think that I mean we go to people that we trust, and we often trust them if we know they've been there. So you know if you if you're uh, you know if you're helping somebody with an issue that you've been through, and you're I just think that you have more credibility. Not always, but many times. Well. You know, I, I say pick your mentors carefully because you're going to live and die with them. And uh, I mean, believe me, I have made all the mistakes uh, many times and have seen them made. But, I, you know, I used to do this. So I used to make the calls. My paycheck used to depend on it. And I think, it, you know, when you've actually done it and had your paycheck dependent upon it, you do have a different perspective mm. from someone who's just teaching theories or what they're pretty sure should work, okay? Um, and, and one thing I have found, Patricia, is that what people want to work and what they hope will work and what they're comfortable doing is not what actually works, and people have to understand that. 
So what do you mean? If you... Well, what I mean is that peop- what people want to work and what they wish would work isn't usually what actually works. So people want to call groups that they might be more comfortable with. They want to interact with people in a way that they feel more personally comfortable with. But um, when you do the analysis, their comfortable way of interaction is not going to get them the result that they seek. So, you know, I say what works, works. And what you want to work, what you wish would work, and what you feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's going to work. So you have to know what actually works and then be willing to have the discipline to do that right. and not what you personally wish would work or what you're comfortable with. Big, big, big difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, not just wishful thinking. What are some of the common mistakes you see out there? And we have a couple minutes left. So yeah, what are some um, common mistakes and maybe, you know, how do you, what would you advise? Yeah, well, certainly calling the wrong list that we've already talked about. Uh, calling inefficiently. You know, anybody who's in sales today, uh, Patricia, that's not using a contact manager or a tool to organize all their interactions with people and keep track of them, they're not going to be successful. So if someone's calling off paper or spreadsheets, you're done. You're swimming with weights on. And you might bob up to the surface a few times, but you're going down. So that's a a huge error. And the third one, surprisingly, it's funny, people work so hard to try to be successful, and yet there's a tremendous lack of uh, real preparation that goes on. And I see people in sales who uh, come across Uh, common scenarios again and again and again, all right? And yet they kind of wing it every time in in recognizing what the common situations are, thinking through, hey, what's the best way to handle this so the next time it happens, you've thought it through, you know exactly how to handle it, and boom, you just hit it out of the park. You'd be surprised how many people uh, sort of wing the same situations over and over again without really thinking about the best way that they should handle it. Um, yeah, I'm here. I don't know what just happened. Yeah, I think I think that's important. And I, I think once somebody starts, when the leads start flowing, how does what does it take to solve the problem? I mean, once you start getting the new leads and now yeah. it's working, how do you keep them? Well, then you have to get good at the next step. So if you break your sales down into pieces and say get, earning that first interaction, whether it's face-to-face meeting or a phone appointment is a piece, well, when you actually show up for that a phone appointment or you show up for that face-to-face meeting, now you have a totally different interaction. And uh, many people who come to me saying, oh, if only we had leads, uh, we'll get them more leads and get them the leads flowing, and then they find out that they actually have other issues also. You know, maybe their salespeople aren't great at converting the leads um, and, and filling up the pipelines. So, you know, they're not good at that first interaction. So many times uh, when people do get a lot of leads, it, it can expose weaker links and other parts of their sales process. So, uh, mm-hmm. but you need the leads before you can identify other problems and, and, and fix them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we have a couple minutes left. So what would you advise in terms of getting unstuck? How can people contact you? Because you certainly can just listen and kind of yeah. diagnose over the phone and figure yeah. out what's going on. Well, certainly, as far as getting unstuck, uh, certainly check out the website, scottchannel.com. Uh, two T's, two N's, and two L's. 
Facebook.com, there's tons of free stuff in there, tons of free audio. But in terms of big picture, in terms of how being unstuck, I'd recommend two things. One is, first of all, pick good role models. And because no matter, I don't care what you're selling, there's people out there who are selling it very well right now. And find and identify those people and analyze what they're doing. And now with the Internet, there's really little excuse for not identifying other people who are successfully doing what you, what you want to do. And then the second thing is to uh, be prepared, to uh, be willing to change your behaviors. You know, people, if you're stuck, and I, I like the way you put that in, if you're, if you're stuck, if you've been doing, working hard and you're a smart person and you really haven't relatively changed positions for a year, two years, three years, you've got to let go of some things that you think are worthwhile because the reality is, you know what, you're working hard and either you're talking to the wrong people, you're interacting with them uh, inefficiently, or you don't have enough oomph in your messaging. So you've got to let go of some stuff that you're doing so you can fill it in with things right. that are more likely to get you where you want to go. All right, Scott, tell us your website again and how people can find you. ScottChannel.com, two T's, two N's, two L's.com. ton of free stuff there, and thank you. Thanks so much for being on the program. It was great. Appreciate it. All right, Scott, I'd stand the line for a minute. All right, uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to be talking to Rear Admiral Dave Oliver, and we will be right back with VoiceAmerica.com, Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 